You're listening to the Holistic Spaces podcast brought to you by Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Episode 130, Ask Angie and Laura. Welcome to episode 130 of the Holistic Spaces podcast, where we hope to inspire, educate, and empower you to create your own holistic spaces that nurture and resonate with you. Angie Cho and Laura Morris are the founders of the Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Together, they have over three decades of experience designing harmonious living spaces. Laura and Angie have guided thousands of people to shift their energy and revitalize their lives. Mindful Design School offers feng shui courses and certifications. Check us out at mindfuldesignschool.com. So welcome everyone. We just wanted to give a little update. So as you know, this is a podcast to um, get you to learn feng shui, but also to get you to learn more about Mindful Design Feng Shui School, get to know Laura and myself as feng shui experts. And just a way to, I don't know, get to know each other a little bit more. And so one thing that we um, always start with is just telling you about the offerings we have at Mindful Design Feng Shui School, because this is why we're here. We want to provide um, a wonderful service and product for people. So we have a school, a Feng Shui school. And we offer feng shui courses and certifications. Our main thing is the certification and we do it twice a year. And we're open for enrollment right now for this new class that starts at the end of September. So if you're curious about shifting your career or really diving deep into feng shui in a mentorship program, check it out at mindfuldesignschool.com and If you're on our mailing list and if you're not, you can sign up by looking in the show notes or you can go to mindfuldesignschool.com and scroll all the way to the bottom. But for um, this is probably the best way to kind of find out about our info sessions. But Laura and I are going to do two info sessions, one just to our list and then one for the public in um, one in August and one in September. And then we're also doing a free webinar. So hopefully you'll, we'll see you at that. And that'll be a zoom webinar. And um, yeah, and you'll only hear, you'll only be able to sign up for that through our mailing list, I think, right? Yeah. 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 Or you might be a see live. Yeah, it'll be a live webinar where we're going to walk you through. I think we decided it was going to be how to set your bedroom up with feng shui, sacred, you know, a sanctuary, nice, nurturing. Yes. We space. have to, to do that. We had to put it together still. We're putting it together Which still, but we're Laura leaning toward that. To together. It means I got to put it together. But yes, we're working on it. It's going to be great. It'll be very practical and uh, lots of takeaways. So if you want to, um, and it's going to be free. So, but sign up on our newsletter if you want to make sure that you get notified. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And, um, and then also we always have our practical feng shui class. If you're mm-hmm. not really looking to dive deep, but you actually want to have a, be in a live class with Laura mm-hmm. and myself, we do this one hour class with only nine students. And another thing about the certification is we only accept 27 applicants or 27 students each quarter. Cause we like to keep it small because Laura and I actually want to get to know each student we want to work with them directly and we don't want it to we don't want you to kind of go through the a self-paced invisible course where you don't know you don't have um the guidance of a teacher because that's how feng shui was traditionally taught and how we were taught and how i really think that um 
I find a lot of value in mentorship and to um, convey information orally because there's an, there's a power and energy to oral transmissions and not just reading it, but seeing all the different ways you work with it. And when you work with the teacher, you'll find, especially with Laura and myself, we give, we probably give different answers to everyone for the same question, because it depends on how we're feeling that day, what we think that student needs, what is actually happening in their feng shui there's and what's happening in the world there's so many variables and that's why feng shui is such a beautiful practice right yeah and um i think that's the key is is that we we walk you through it and i i, I was speaking to someone actually just this morning who was interested in the program and because we do these discovery calls and um and i basically said look your job is to show up with an open mind, listen. If you show up to all of the live classes and you watch and you listen, you know, you learn. So I think when you know that there's, you know, your cohort and you're there and we're teaching you live and you're learning experiential learning, like learning through seeing and doing uh, and modeling, it's, it is really honestly the best way to learn, I think, to learn a practice. So, um, so that's why we keep it small. And yeah. yeah, but if you're not sure you want to do that, then join Practical Feng Shui because it's a fun little, especially if you want, you have a question about your specific floor plan, you know, get it in, check us out. It's fun too. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And, um, and also actually something that's only available to people on our mailing list is we have some special class co uh, consultations. So basically our mm. students audit consultations that we have with real clients and so they're offered as at a discount because all of our students watch it and it's recorded and it's part of their mm -hmm. curriculum and I think um, I'm going to probably send out the email for mine pretty soon so we do uh, four each Laura does four and I do four each semester mm -hmm. and they're at a discount and those like basically sell out within 24 hours mm-hmm yeah, it's a full, 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 it's yeah. a full consultation. Like it's, it's a full hours, consultation. So. Yeah. yeah. But you and the, our students watch and they learn a lot. It's really great. So we've had yeah. some great feedback. So yeah, if, you're, if you've been thinking about having a consultation, make sure you're on a mailing list again, because those get picked up like a, like within 24 hours and they're gone. Mm -hmm. Um, so this episode, we're doing another ask and mm -hmm. Laura. So, um, we, we didn't get as many questions as we hoped this time. <laughs> so we would like to encourage all of you to, to really, um, you know, give it a chance. Like if you do have a question, put it in. And if you're not um, sure if it's a quote unquote put it anyway. question or not, yeah, just put it in. And Laura and I can finagle it into something that's mm -hmm. a helpful question for a lot of people. So it's not only... Um, doing something for yourself, but you're also being generous to other people by asking the question because someone else might have it. And then also Laura and I know how to answer it. So it's really beneficial for most people. Mm -hmm. So we did get two questions and um, I'm going to kind of summarize them. And so with the first question is from a listener named Yvonne and her question wasn't totally for fully formulated. So I'm just going to guess at the question and Laura and I will take us, we'll answer it. Mm -hmm. So basically Yvonne B asked, um, she says that she only has a place for her bed. That's not good feng shui. So 
and she started to say, well, I'm going to guess, I'm just going to make up a question because I heard. I think you're right though. I think you're right. With okay. Your assumption, so basically yeah. the only place where I bed is in front of, we're going to guess she's, she meant to say the window. Mm-hmm. The only place where I bed is in front of a window. What can I do to make it more feng shui friendly? Mm-hmm. So Laura, you want to go first? You want me to start? Okay. Yeah. So um, actually putting your bed in, well, there's, there's, there's some other things we need to know a little bit more about. So I would say, first thing I would say is when you say in front of the window, do you mean in front of the window? Because if it's a quite a, a large window where the bed is blocking the window, it's not ideal um, because you're blocking, you know, the chi that, because wind chi energy flows through the windows as well. And the windows represent the eyes and really allows us to have vision, clarity, you know, beyond just seeing vision, like being in, having insight and, and all those great things. And so, um, but having said that nine times out of 10, when people ask this question, it's usually like the bed is just maybe over the window a little bit, or the window is above the bed. Um, and in that case, you know, it's fine. I, we, you know, we generally say actually having your bed in front of a window, isn't necessarily a bad thing, as long as you don't have issues with the eyesight and maybe other health issues, you know, if you're feeling pretty good and strong and you know, you can handle it. Um, it's actually not a problem. Um, and I would also add that you to, I would put in, have, make sure your bed has a nice, strong sort of solid headboard. That would be my caveat. Yeah. And I might also mention if you live in a neighborhood where you don't feel very safe or um, in a home situation where you don't feel very safe and your bed is in front of the window, that especially on a ground floor, that can feel very unsafe and mm-hmm. um you know, if you know there's a possibility of someone coming in through the window behind you or easily breaking the window behind you, or even if you have bars on the windows behind you. So that's also something to pay attention to. And what Laura um, mentioned about the headboard can be supportive. So I guess in general, the answer is if you were curious, you know, you may have read somewhere that you shouldn't put a bed in front of a window. And that, you know, depending on the school of feng shui, because there's dozens of schools of feng shui and dozens of different um, applications and interpretations, in our school, it's not the worst thing to have it in front of the window. But ideally, if you could, you know, you don't want to, if you could, you would set up a bed so it's not in front of a window or blocking a window. But, you know, Yvonne's question was, that's the only place for your bed. So also, one thing to consider is, when you only have one choice, you do the best you can with what you have. So always approach your feng shui, feng shui with kindness and with gentleness, and you do the best with what you, you have. Yep. Yeah. Good. So, cause you can't do anything else about it, right? No. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you do work with, hmm? what are you going to not have a bed? You need a bed and it needs to go somewhere. So yeah. yes, <laughs> you just work yes. with it. And also, you know, if you do work with a feng shui practitioner and you have like a specialized situation, they may be able to come up with some kind of nuanced special app thing for you. But since we are, we don't have that much information, um, this is the best that we can do with what we have as well, right? So thank you so much, Yvonne, for submitting your question. And um, so our second question is from a listener named Janine. And uh, this is a great question, I think, because it seems specialized, but in fact, it's 
a quite a common question. Um, so it's specialized in asking specifically about a cat litter box or two cat litter boxes. But in fact, you can really insert a lot of things that people have curiosity about, like, mm -hmm. where do I put a trash can? Where do I put my hamper? And uh, where do I put my blank? So there's some things that, again, we have to have in our homes, right? You have cats, you should have litter boxes. And um, so, so naturally, a lot of people become curious. And this is a really common thing that we hear, like, where do I put this thing that I have um, a negative association with? And I think one consideration is that a litter box doesn't need to have a negative association if you keep it uh, very clean and it's taken well taken care of. And um, and uh, you also asked if there can be if there's a best place for a litter box. And I would say no, there's not a best place, but it would depend on your home situation. Mm -hmm. But we will give you some instances where um, some maybe specific situations where it would be less desirable. Like for example, if you are Janine, if you are, or if any of the listeners you're like, say you're a single person that is really um, focused on finding a partnership and you've been having a lot of trouble finding a partnership, but you happen to also have put two litter boxes that you don't like or that you don't maintain very well or that you look down upon or whatever it is you have like a negative feeling towards in your relationship area of your home that may give you some indication some information some knowledge to kind of consider and what does that mean to you um, and how is this connected with your relationship uh, your ability to attract a relationship or the people you date so that might be a situation where, okay, maybe the relationship area isn't the best, so you would move it somewhere else. And then I have another story where I was actually a guest on Paula Poundstone's podcast, and she's a comedian, and she's a little wacky. And one of the questions she asked me was, is it okay that I have like, I think she had like a, she has a lot of cats, maybe like. She, she had a lot of cats and she had a lot of litter boxes right at her entry door in a powder room that's right next to the entry. And she implied that it smelled very bad when you walk in and, and it would uh, be difficult for people to enter her home because of smell. And I don't know if she was, I think she was being serious. I couldn't tell. They were having fun with me, you know, a little bit too. Because every time she would say something, I was like, oh, they're like, is that good feng shui? So, you know, in general, well, it's probably if you're, say, like you want to attract friendships or more opportunities um, into your life and you have a lot of litter boxes that smell pretty bad at your entry, then um, that's not such a great place for the litter boxes. So. So there's not necessarily a best place for the litter boxes, but there's places that depending on the person and what you want in your life may be, may help your energy or may detract from your energy. Yes. Yeah. And I think in that instance, you may be 
for like putting up a wall as it were a litter wall for people and these opportunities to come in. Now, having said all this, I have sometimes cats in the litter box get a bad rap and I'll tell everyone that I'm a, I'm a big cat person. I have two cats. I have like three litter boxes uh, because, you know, I like to have, you know, more just in case, but I do clean them like twice a day. Uh, and they're, I'm lucky because I can keep them in the basement in the cellar. So that's lucky. But you know, um, I've had cats for a really long time. I've always had a cat since I moving out of my parents' place. I've always had one and I lived in some pretty small apartments. And um, another part of Janine's question is about using, what about hidden furniture for litter boxes? So actually it's funny you should say that because when I was living in my bachelor apartment with my big fat orange kitty cat, um, I, um, I ended up getting a friend of mine who was very handy and he built me like a table that basically was like a litter hut, a table with a little like door. And he just went in and I would clean it, you know, lift it up, clean it and put a lamp on it and actually pointed it away. So people didn't even know it was a litter box and it was kept clean. So you couldn't smell it either. And I was pretty fastidious about that. Uh, and yeah, it totally worked out. And I think at, at the time, you know, I, I probably did. I think I, now that I think I remember the um, place it was in, I put it in a specific wa that, wasn't a problem for me. It wasn't a, you know, it was, I felt good about it. Um, yeah. And I kept it clean because I think honestly, the most important thing is do your cats bring your jo you joy. Are your cats healthy? Are you taking good care of them? Then it's all good. You know? Yeah, definitely. And actually there's one, um, Oh, let's, let's actually bring it back to a general question and then we'll get a little bit more specific again with this last part of her question. But, um, so as we mentioned before, even if you don't have a cat, this isn't just a question about litter boxes. You can insert in here like bathroom. What's mm -hmm. the best place for a bathroom? And if you listen to episode 129, we talk about um, the location of the bathroom. And so people get uh, very worried and it's really easy to fall into this mindset of like um, everything needs to be perfect and there's a checklist that I have to follow. But in reality, feng shui can really be something that gives you insight on um, your situ life situation and can also um, allow you to accept and accommodate things that aren't perfect in your life. So yeah, we mm -hmm. have to have, you have a cat, you have to have a litter box. If you're anybody, I hope most people would have like a rubbish bin or a trash can. We all need those things. Um, we also like, what was the other one? Oh, the hamper. We all need a hamper. Mm -hmm. We don't want to throw our dirty clothes all over the floor and in a, mm -hmm. on the chair in the corner. But, you know, I've, people have asked me like, you know, what's a good place for a hamper? And I don't look at it as what's the best place for a hamper. I'll say, oh, I, what do you want to work on? And here's another relationship example. Oh, your the cat, cat just showed up. <laughs> he knows we're talking about him. Oh, so those are, for those of you that don't know and only listen to the podcast on um, the audio only, we also record the video and we post it on YouTube. And so Laura's cat just showed up <laughs> and made a um, cameo. Made a guest, guest appearance. Yeah. Yes. But um, uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So like I like the hamper question. It's very similar. Where should I? What's the best place for a hamper? Laura and I would say, why don't you why don't you step back and 
let's change how you're asking that question. Instead, what is it you want to work on and what can your home tell you about that? So, you know, a few years ago, I did a consultation for a friend and he, you know, was in a roommate situation. So he had the hamper in a corner, but he had the hamper in his relationship corner. So, or, or sometimes people have a hamper, but they end up piling their dirty clothes on into a particular area of their home, like their wealth area or whatever. So it can give you insight. So Mm -hmm. it's, um, so it's natural that people tend to ask this question, like what's the best place, but in reality, Laura and I like to dig deeper, ask more questions, really unpack it. And, um, yeah. And, um, yeah, you're right. Yeah. To get more insight. Mm -hmm. That's what it's about. So, you know, somebody, if you know, you've done something or something is arranged. That's what feng shui is literally about is reading the floor plan, reading your, reading the home that as, as, um, and it gives us insight into who you are as a person or the things that are going on in your life. So everyone has a different answer for that. So Janine, I would say like, you know, find a place that you, um, is accommodating for the cats, keep it clean. And, um, if you don't know the areas of the Bagua, actually listen to one, listen to episode 129, because we really, you know, exactly what Angie said about the bathroom would be very similar, same kind of mindset. So listen to that. We talk about the Bagua. We talk about those areas. You can go figure out about the Bagua, or you can, you know, work with a consultant and they'll help you dive down a little bit deeper. Now there's one last part to this question, right? Do you yep. want to yeah. go back to that? Yeah. Um, so Janine said, can and why not instead of litter box, we could just say, can we put a blank, like, can we put a litter box slash hamper slash bathroom Garbage. slash toilet slash whatever in a, in a room? Can, can it be in a room for a potential nursery? Mm-hmm. Which is, so we saw this part and Angie and I weren't really sure how to answer it, mostly just because we don't have enough information. So it's a pretty big question. So what does it mean by potential? Potential is a loaded word. So uh, Janine, I think what we would say is, um, well, I mean, the, you obviously have a, there's a, there's a, an importance and a symbolism around this nursery. So I would treat it as with that sort of that in mind. So if it's somewhere, I don't know where you are in the stage of using this nursery. I don't, we don't know. We have no, we don't have a lot of insight in that, but just think about that. I mean, I think if you, um, if it's the only place you can use it and you take care of it and you clean it and you keep it, you know, that's good. But if you are really focused on making that a nursery and there's some blocks in getting to that point, whatever that is, we don't know the situation. Um, we'd probably say maybe not, maybe don't put a litter box in that nursery. You know, I don't know what your situation is. So it's a tough one. It's a tough one to answer just because it was interesting the way you worded it as a potential, but, um, you know, maybe for you, I think there might be some more stuff that you need to dig deeper on. And we would absolutely recommend you work with a consultant or, you know, maybe even just doing, if you do our practical feng shui, you know, we, we, we let you each ask a question, you know, we can actually see your floor plan. So, um, you will leave it with you, whether or not you feel that this needs to go a little bit deeper and where you need to take it, but we just don't have enough information. Cause that's a, pretty, that's kind of a, a tough question. That last part, I would say. Yeah, I think so. It's, it has a lot of interesting red flags to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like if we were going to substitute, right? Like, can I put my work from home office in a potential nursery? Mm-hmm. 
So then you, yeah, like you there's obviously was- something there. The reason you, you, the fact that you're asking a question, you're the fact that you're asking that question is in itself something that needs to, to, you know, so there's obviously something there. Yes. So we don't, we don't have, we don't have enough information on that one, but I think overall, you know, um, uh, take care of your cat. Yes. You can make furniture that hides your litter. You can do all those great things and, and listen to episode 129 about uh, toilets uh, in the wealth area. Cause it's a very similar theme. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would love to end with something. Um, did we talk? I don't remember if we talked about this in the last episode, but um, if I did, I'm just going to repeat myself. But um, one of our teachers, uh, Crystal Chu, she's the lineage holder of BTB Feng Shui. She, uh, I remember I was at dinner with her once and I was, I live in New York City, so don't judge, but we were having a roach problem. And I asked her, like, what should I do about this? Is there a feng shui adjustment? And and now that I'm on the other end, like people always ask me questions like this too. And she said, you need to do the mundane adjust. You need to like do all the mundane stuff. Do all the things that you need to do to get it cleaned up. There's no like feng shui. She's like, there's no feng shui thing really to 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 adjust that. And so it's very interesting because I think Laura and I get a lot of questions like that, where people think there can be some feng shui magic cure for everything, but the most important thing. So when it comes to like uh, Yvonne's question, like bed in front of a window or Janine's question, where do you put a litter box? It also is more important to figure out what makes sense on the earthly, earthly plain in a mundane way and then use that in tandem with some kind of intention feng shui intention and a skilled practitioner can help you um formulate that or or give you advice advice on what what that is but really like the most important thing is to be practical and and ask yourself the questions because if there is no other place and how do you deal with it if if where's the best place that the litter box could go that's works for you that works for your cat that that stays clean you do the best you can with what you have and and always look at the mundane adjustment as well yep that's our that's our litter box we said the word litter box a lot but that's okay (laughs) all right so thank you both janine and yvonne for uh, for submitting your questions and we hope that um we know there's a lot of you listeners out there so we hope that Mm. you will sign up for our mailing list you just go down to our show notes and there should be somewhere you click there to sign up for our newsletter or you can visit mindfuldesignschool.com and scroll down to the bottom and there's a place to sign up for a newsletter and um, we'll probably do another call for mm-hmm. an ask Angie and Laura for um, some, a, some, a request to submit any questions in the next couple months. And, um, but if it's not something, if it's something you guys don't, it's not, you guys aren't feeling it, that's okay. We'll find something mm-hmm. else to talk about, but, <laughs> but we want to encourage you to ask your questions because it, uh, sometimes people ask very interesting questions that we never would have thought of. Mm-hmm. Yep. You never know. You never know. Well, thank you so much. And thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Holistic Spaces podcast. You can tune in every Monday for a new episode. And if you like the podcast, please subscribe. Visit our website at mindfuldesignschool.com and holisticspaces.com. And you can always support the podcast by 
checking out our certification and mini courses at mindfuldesignschool.com. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you next week.